shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We can have our seats. Is everybody okay in the house this afternoon? Amen. It's good to see every single one of us. Uh, appreciate you being here. The Lord is now missed. Uh, thank you for joining us on this Saturday again. And those online, I know there are a number of people online, you know, obviously because of the present day situation. Uh, with, uh, what they call it, COVID. Amen. Uh, so well, we appreciate you being here in person. The Lord bless you. The Lord would increase you. The Lord will visit you at the point of your need. In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I, I feel, I mean, there's not much to teach uh, today. I just felt uh, there's going to be a season of worship. I just felt today will be... It's okay. It's okay. Don't go there. Praise God. Um, I just felt today will be an atmosphere of worship, and uh, God has already shown himself to us. Amen. Uh, so we're still going to open the scriptures, uh, teach a little bit. Um, how many of us were blessed from last week, Saturday? Uh, amen. And then also uh, on Thursday, I know we streamed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And it was a lot, a very meaty, both Saturday and Thursday. I was uh, chatting with uh, Pastor Femi after the Thursday session that the Thursday session was pulling the instructions from the Saturday meeting. Amen. Uh, and the end of that instruction was faithfulness. Being faithful so that we will not go in the way, the error of Balaam, as we saw in the book of Numbers. Uh, and uh, also, is also in the book of Jude as well, in the New Testament. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we happy to be in the house today? Amen. Are we happy to be in the house today? Can everyone hear my voice, those at the back? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be with you today again. Thank you for being here. Amen. Hallelujah. We are happy to be in the house today. Are we ready to be blessed? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, I feel the Spirit will want us to still visit the message from Saturday and Thursday. Amen. And flesh it out even more. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, so some of my daughters, if you are going to help me today, uh, could preach with me. <laughs> Amen. And I'm going to volunteer three of, us, three, three of you. Amen. Uh, Chidima, Paulette, Jeannie. The three of you will be volunteered for today. Um, next week, maybe, or the week after, don't worry, Ruth, everybody will get, catch his own visitation. Amen. But for this week, um, I'm going to call on Chidima, Jeannie, and Paulette. Um, Chidima would help us with Thursday. Amen. Amen. Oh, <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, who wants to volunteer to help us recap Thursday meeting ministration? Who wants to help? Of the three of you. She... <laughs> I put you guys on the spot. You should be expecting it by now. You will come forward, come forward. Who should we start with? I think we should start with Ginny. 
<laughs> Gini is pushing to the one forward. I can't, I can't open the one forward. Okay. <laughs> oh, Paulette. Oh, Paulette. <laughs> Actually, I think Paulette, Paulette, do Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Paulette, come, 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 come. Come on, come on, enlighten us. <laughs> Amen. You have to come this way and uh, give us a recap of Thursday, how the instructions you received, and uh, in a sim- in a simply way, uh, just bless us and take your time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, okay, to start with, I didn't really join early, so um, I from the prayers um, we prayed about mercy and. Um, we prayed about like how we should ask for the mercy of God in places where like we can't do anything, but it's only God that can that God's mercy can speak for us. So we prayed about that. And what I took from Pastor Femi's preaching, which he tied in from um, Saturday, I got that you cannot you are not too spiritual that lust cannot take place in right. It can take place in different forms. I think was it lust. More like self, right? Uh, vanity, sorry. And like Pastor Femi was saying that like, even though the women, they could only see women, but there were spirits behind it. Like the gods, like how you think, okay, you are doing something, but you don't know that the God is actually, the God they serve is what is our work. And we're talking about like how spiritual, sorry, I can't remember his name, but how spiritual the man was. Balaam. Balaam yeah. How spiritual Balaam was and how like, even though at he reached that point, there was a higher, how would I put it? There was a higher um, power, not a higher power than God, but there was the God that because of woman, right? So to, if, sorry, um, guys, I'm, I'm just. But anyway, Sean, long story short, what I learned was, no matter the place you are spiritually, you cannot just depend on your spiritual self. You can only depend on God because it's only by God's mercy because pretty much you are not wrestling against flesh and blood, right? You are wrestling against spirits. So pretty much be attentive to your spiritual Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. That was awesome. Uh, I'll, let me give some context to it, but some people may, may not have listened to those messages. Amen. We were, we were studying this, the story of Balaam in the book of Numbers chapter 22 to 24 and how that uh, Balaam was a prophet of God whom, whose ways was perverse, who, who sold out the people of Israel because of gold, though he knew God. Amen. Uh, let's see the book of Jude. You will see what the revelation of that, the era of Balaam there. I remember we tied it to how really what was really missing was Christ. If you check it in the Old Testament, a lot of those men, the reason why they fell is because of Christ. There was there was a missing there was a missing link. Why they were able to those stumbling so those are lessons that Christ in the revelation of the New Testament, you will now start learning how to avoid the error of Balaam. Amen. So let's see, let's see the error of Balaam. Jude, the book of Jude. The book Jude is just before uh, Revelations. Amen. Verse 11. Jude, Jude 1 verse 11. It says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. You see, that's the error of Balaam. It's because of the gold and silver that was offered to him by Balak. Amen. And it wasn't even stated in Numbers. You have to enter the New Testament to, rev- to see the revelation of what happened to Balak. In the book of Numbers, they did not, tell, they did not actually explicitly say he took the gold of Balak. But the, this New Testament man, Christ, like Revelation chapter 2 we read last week, where Christ says that, called it the doctrine of Balak. He's the one who taught Balak. Though Numbers did not mention that. But in the revelation of Christ in the New Testament, he revealed what actually happened. And that's what I was trying to clarify last week. That is a, a high, is iniquity, something that is hidden. That normally without revelation, you cannot see it. 
Am I communicating? Without deep insight, you cannot see that realm of the error of Balaam. Because it looked like he obeyed God. He said everything that God told him to say. But then on the backside, he was twisted. He did something against Israel by teaching Balak because of greedy reward on how to, how to what he would, they would, he would do, a secret of God. He knows what God hates, what God's like, and his idols that God hates. He, he was able to reveal that secret to Balak and say, okay, this is what you will do. You will take the women of Moab with their idols, bow, and bring them into the people of Israel. And God himself will destroy them. So he revealed God's secrets, something that you should hide. You should protect. If you're a prophet, you should protect God's secrets. Amen. That was the error of Balaam. Amen. So it means that, you know, as when we were stated, faithfulness, we have to exercise, learn faithful what? We must be faithful. That's the answer to the doctrine of Balaam. You must be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ till the end. Everything that he is doing. Imagine Balaam knew God was blessed these people. Balaam also said, he also revealed that the star will come out of Jacob. He knew something will come out of Jacob. That the dominion, Israel will have the dominion. So he knew what God was doing. But he was not faithful. Why? Because of gold and vanity. Gold and silver. Amen? Uh, Chinema? Come and give your... Uh, you thought I forgot. <laughs> you just be better. All of you better be practicing, though. You be hiding there quietly. I'm sorry, I don't see you. <laughs> I have seen you very well. <laughs> Amen. I don't know because of this. What people don't know become you. Say you want to scream because I want to be coming. James, um, Pastor James preaching about, even though he already spoke about it, was iniquity, how like iniquity is a form of wickedness, like it's twisted nature in man that we can't see, but it's when we get to, um, to a certain point in Christ, or like to the end of Christ, that all these things, that iniquity, that Christ deals with the iniquity in us, or the wickedness in us that um, we can't see, and he related it to Balaam too. And on Thursday, um, Pastor Femi now spoke about transgression, how transgression is you knowing what to do, and then you choose by your own self to trans, like to move away from from the understanding or from the way or the revelation that God has given you. And he gave an example of lying, like say you lie a lot, and then. God has given you strength to stop lying. But when you get to work, something happens and then you know that you should not lie because God has given you strength to lie. But you now lie. So you lying at that point is you transgressing from the revelation or from the strength that God gave you concerning that infirmity of lying. Um, and then pretty much that was what, um, that was what I got because Femi was now talking about Balaam and how it was his... Um, how it was what he was tempted by that like the devil knows what we're, I don't know if it was on Thursday but like the devil knows what we're tempted by inside of us so who he would use so even though we don't see because but he said Balaam was almost at the order of Melchizedek like he was almost getting there and, but then because the enemy knows like the enemy only attacks people that knows that that he knows that getting to an end like he will not waste his vices on people that are not wanting to move forward so in balaam's case he had to use balak to attack balaam and um balaam falling for that temptation of taking his vanity was what led him down from the path to god amen praise god praise god don't worry they will develop more encourage them uh, they will develop more confidence <laughs> over time. Uh, so people will start getting used to this arrangement. Uh-huh. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, that, on that note of transgression, let's see First John that we read on, uh, on Thursday. First John chapter, or Second John actually. Second John verse 8 and 9. You know, most times we just read that start from verse 9. 
But that verse 8 really, really opens up the transgression. Amen? Verse 8 really, really opens up the transgression. From verse 8, 2 John verse, chapter 1, verse 8 says, Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which have wrought. NKJV says, Lose not the things which have been worked in you. Mm, can somebody see NKJV for me and read it? Yes. In, that when we receive, and we know, we know we've done a lot of study on this work. That this work is the formation of Christ in you. Are you saying that? We've done a lot of study on this work. And this work is the formation of Christ in you. So if Christ is being formed in you, but it's not yet complete, they say that's why John was now warning them. Because he was speaking to a church who Christ has almost been formed in fully. And he said he was now warning them that make sure that you look to yourself, be very diligent, that don't lose the work, all these things that you have labored for, this learning of Christ, the learning of Christ, the learning of Christ, the learning of Christ that you've been laboring for, don't now go and lose it now. Amen? So look to yourself, be cautious with yourself that you do not lose not those things which you have worked for. Amen? Amen? You have submitted your soul to the revelation of light, to the teaching of light. That is a work. You've done it consistently. It's a look to yourself that you don't lose that, that, those work, that work. Amen. Then verse 9 now says, Whosoever transgresses, meaning whosoever loses the work, whosoever turns away from the work, what will happen? And abideth not in the work, which is the doctrine of Christ, hath not God, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and what? And the Son. Praise the name of the Lord. Now somebody may ask me, I'm born again, I have Jesus, I have Christ. Yes. But you know, in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, for therein is the righteousness of God, revealed from what? Faith to faith. So it means there is a beginning and there is a journey. From glory to glory, from grace to grace, from faith to faith. So it's a Christian journey. Amen. So once a man gets born again, you continue believing Christ, learning the word, coming to church on Sunday, coming to fellowship, fellowshipping with the brethren, learning. Everyone is learning. You are learning, you are learning. You are forming Christ in you. And that, that learning you are learning is the doctrine of Christ. And you ought to stay in it and abide in it until Christ is formed in you. So they are admonishing us that don't let this work sleep. I mean, think about it. You, a lot of labor has been done in your soul already. Done now because of bread and butter. Esau. Do you get me? Esau and Balaam, they are like the same. Esau, because of pot of porridge. Balaam, because of greedy reward. Gold and silver. Amen. Esau forsook his birthright. Balaam did something that will harm the agenda of God concerning his people. Amen. Don't transgress. Praise the name of the Lord. Abide until the full formation, until you receive inheritance and reward. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Jeannie, uh, you're up next. I picked you because you're asking a lot of questions on Saturday, so you're the one who will be able to just explain, just break it down for us. You get me? <laughs> I was going to choose her, but she's hiding. I can't find her. <laughs> she's outside, eh? Amen. Sorry, I'm not like my sisters. I need my notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me bring. Okay. Um, so, um, since then, you talked about balance, because I felt like that was very insightful. Um, you started with um, Isaiah 28. And one thing that I really saw there was the work that the covenant of hell and death have done in mankind over the years. Um, how um, this thing is not just a thing of, okay, when we were born, it's something that the devil has really wrought in the, into the nature of man 
So to actually, it's something that to break it, you need um, you need righteousness and judgment. So like, uh, you need precept upon precept and line upon line, like you were saying, it's yes. a journey, right? Yes. So um, we you talked about how um, devil has really made lies the refuge of man, a way to like calculate our lives by ourselves, a way to live outside of God. Even if you want to give yourself, don't give all of yourself to it. So um, he has really taught man to have a backup plan. If, if something, God does not work out somehow, to um, have something else in the back. But the, what the word of righteousness does is it starts to expose all those hiding places and all those refuge. And it um, takes away that enmity because anything that leads man away from God is an enmity. So the work of this thing is to take us to a place where we don't have any enmity with God and where we are precious and where we forget our... I, you talked about Psalm 45 verse 10, which was very important. Um, it's easy to read it and see. Okay, so it says, Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. So that people is is that work that the enemy has done, is the covenant of hell and death, the ancestry, the sinful ancestry, that yeah. nature. Yeah. So it goes beyond dead works and all of that. So it, it talked about just um, when you are getting, when we are learning the word, we are forgetting all of that. And that's what's dealing with the covenant of hell and death and bringing us to a place of peace with God and preciousness. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm so I'm grateful for God. That's awesome. Um, because the last two sessions were very meaty. You get me? So there was, there was a lot of content inside it. Amen. So I, I wasn't sure if people would get understanding. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, today I just wanted us to just uh, do it easy, just do worship easy. <laughs> pity all of you, you get me? <laughs> because I know last week, Saturday, we did not pity you at all. <laughs> you know, we started from Genesis, or G- Genesis, you know, the genet- Noah, some of those genetics, the genealogy, we went into Isaiah, you know, all those processes. I know they are not, uh, uh, amen, they are not, you know, it's, it was like a labor. Really, in the world last week Saturday, so a lot of things were said, and, and I, I thank God that I'm see, I'm hearing that uh, people were getting some things from it. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Can we open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter twenty-eight? We've been on this chapter for some time, haven't we? Huh? Since convention, yes. Since the Ottawa Convention. Amen. So let's start, let's start from verse 9. Uh, amen. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Verse 9. Azar 28 from verse 9. Sorry. Azar 28 from verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breasts. Not so? So it means teaching of knowledge and making to understand doctrine is higher than the milk of the world. Amen. So um, to confirm that, we'll just see two scriptures. First Peter chapter two verse two, where it talks about the milk of the world, and then we'll see John chapter seventeen verse three, where it talks about the need for knowledge, connecting knowledge for eternal life. So let's see the two scriptures. Let's see First Peter two two. First Peter two two. It says, as newborn babies. Newborn babes. Who is a newborn babe? I'm, I'm just born again in the spiritual terminology, not so? So I'm just born again. I'm a baby in Christian, Christian circles. Desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. So milk is for 
you just got born again. Amen. And one of the major roles of the church is to serve milk. Because the church has, the local church has two primary objectives. To get the unsaved saved, number one, and then to feed the newly saved with pure milk, sincere milk. That's the calling of the local church. Primarily. You have to get your hospital. Get people who are sick out there. They are not believing. Get them well. Save them. And then begin to teach them the elementary ordinances of God. That God is gracious. God is good. Amen. But what God, when you, when you access the New Testament further, you realize that there's something higher than the milk of the world. Amen. It's called meat. Or Hebrews chapter 5 called it the word of righteousness. Which Romans chapter 1 referred to as the gospel of Christ. Revealed from faith to faith. Not so, because he called it righteousness revealed from faith to faith. Amen. So it means that after milk, I should be drinking or eating solid food. Which, and that solid food, we call it the doctrine of Christ. That, as R28, is, just defines it perfectly. Verse 9. Solid food. Amen. It says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Amen. Is who? Them who are weaned from milk and drawn from the breasts. So, you see, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world, there's another level higher than milk. Yes. Which is when we begin to teach doctrine. Yes. And so, is the reason why, as you will see in the, our sessions, where we'll go deep into start teaching those things that were coming out of hell and death, genealogy, wow, which we are trying to trace the, the problem of man to the root, to the core. What is causing us, as though we are believers, to still commit things that God is not pleasing to God? You have to go to the root of the matter. What is causing me to have wrong thoughts that I know that are ungodly? Like Paul will say, that the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing it. Whereas the things I don't want to do is what I find myself doing. What does that tell me? If Paul can say that, it means that Paul was realizing that, look, I know the, I know the ordinances of God. I know what is right. I know what is wrong. But I still find myself doing what is wrong. Then something is wrong with my soul. Something is wrong with my, my thought process. Some, somebody has injured my soul. Amen. With wrong expectations. If you now begin to drill down to the root of the matter, it's because when you see the expectations, when, you, when a man begins, has wrong expectations, what will happen is that you will start trusting God for the lust of your flesh. Or you start trusting God for the idols in your heart. You can be a believer and still have idols. Am I communicating? I said you can be a believer and still have what? And who's saying it nicely? <laughs> we know. Amen. Femi, help us. What is an idol? Please. They are um, idols are like natures that govern the soul. They determine your decisions, what you want to do, what you are committed to, what you pursue, the visions you see. Whatever you want to do in life, they influence your thoughts and your pursuits. Those are idols. Yeah, anything that can take control of your thoughts and paint a picture before you and give you energy to pursue it. Outside God is an idol. Thank you, sir. So that's why the Bible will now say what... What does the temple of God have to do with an idol? It means idols, they want to also be a God. Yes. That, the, that terminology, God, if you really if you reset the root word, is control. For, for, for God to be your God, really, he must be in control. Before he becomes your God, really, he'll first be your Lord. 
Lord means I'll be leading you. I'm not yet in full control, but I'll tell you, okay, try and, okay, uh, James, um, okay, James, drink juice, don't drink water. Do you get me? It means that normally, what would I drink? I would drink water, so he's not in control. But what would he like me to be drinking? For him to be in control, I would naturally drink what he wants me to drink. So, when the dimension of God lording it over you, he will now be correcting you. That's the dimension of leadership. They call him the captain of our salvation. Captain is the one who moves the boat. You get me? Move is, is leading the boat. Is leading the people. So he'll be leading you. Okay, no, it's not this juice. No, it's not water that I like. It's juice. So they drink this. So I'll now obey. I'll now drink the juice. I've done an obedience. Next time, they don't need to lead me. Do you get me? Next time, I'll know that this is what he likes. So he's gradually taking control. Gradually taking control. God doesn't God any man first. He first loves you first. He is both Lord and God. Those things are dimensions of his name, his identity. His identity of leading you is the identity called Lord. Do you get me? And then his identity of having full control over your life is the identity called God. Amen. So he will lead you, he will lead you until he has full control. Then he will be your God. Praise the name of the Lord. So right now, he's loading us. As long as you still have your own tendencies, he's still loading you. Because what, what concord, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? They will have to lead you away from all your idols. And what is an idol? Anything that still controls you. For example, uh, do you get me? How, how do I know I still have an idol? If I have a thought to turn away from God, do you get me? It means that there's still something else that I value. Meaning that, that whatever I value means he has control. And as long as I'm not getting what I value, I will have the thoughts to turn. Amen? Do you get me? You know, like babies, if you don't give them what they want, they, they will go to the other parents. <laughs> that, that, exactly. They will be playing that thing like that. That's how we play a lot of the times. We have backup option many times. That if God doesn't provide that thing we value. You know, sometimes this is where sometimes we get we twist things. You get me? We start calling wants, needs. I'm giving God ultimatum. It's not a need, it's a want. Or it could be a lost. And you give God timeline, deadline. Do you get me? And, I, and so if God doesn't meet that deadline, what would you do? I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> you get me? I'm not going to church. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. It means that, and it's, if, let me just tell you, not, don't just think oh, it's, maybe it's only me here. Everybody here, Every single one of us still has that potential. Every single one of us still has that potential to turn. Because what will make you turn from such a good God is because you still have somewhere secretly something you value. And you may not say, no, you may not be, you, you, you may not, it may not even be that you value it more than God. No, that's not what I'm saying. You value it enough that you can fight with God for it. And as long as you value it enough for you to fight with God for it, he is not yet fully in control. And that means that thing is a what? Is an idol. It took Paul a lot of revelations to get here. Finally, Paul now got to a place. If you go and read Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 is a long chapter. Talking about the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ, she has made me free from the processes, made me free from the law of sin and death. Then finally, Paul now got to a place where he said, what then shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Neither angel, it was just naming everything created. Everything created, good and bad, can potentially be an idol. Amen. Did, have you not seen Paul or Jude talk against worship of angels? So angels, are they not good? 
It means that in the early church, some people were so flabbergasted, were so bamboozled by angels, they began to, began to worship them. So when the angel which was serving God, I'm not talking of demon, <laughs> do you get me? Became idols to some believers. So anything good and bad can become what? Shall I be honest with you? You know, if you love me too much, who me self, I can become an idol for you. I don't want to be anybody idol. Though. American idol, Canadian idol, you know, I don't want. <laughs> because me, who is preaching to you, I have an idol. Uh, but his name is not idol, he's God. Christ, God. Is your idol means somebody who can enter your heart and begin to control the heart. It should be only Christ. That space should be for only Christ and God. No man. Amen. Yes, now. You know, because you know, some men of God can become idols to people. And, and thank God I'm saying it. Because yes, and you know, so I'm talking out there. Thank God we don't have that issue here. Amen. But out there, you see, they worship some people from some congregation. They worship their not their worship like physical, but like the man of God. Whatever he says is God. If I make a mistake, come and talk to me. <laughs> Let's discuss this. this <laughs> Let's discuss the matter. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Only God should have that space in your heart. Mm. And I'm going to say, I know it's a hard thing to say because you have to reference your preacher, you know, pay home, submit, all this obedience, obey your parents in the Lord, you know, all, the, all those things, it's still there. Eh? But there are still parents in the Lord. There is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. There is God. And I, that, that thing, we should not give that space in our hearts to anybody else but God. That space of worship. The one I will fall under. I will bow under. I will give everything to. We should not give that space to anybody else but who? But God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can I continue? Isaiah 28, verse 10 says, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, hear a little and dear a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue really speak to these people. Are you seeing how doctrine comes? Verse, what did verse 9 say? Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? So, doctrine comes by precepts. And many precepts. They stretch the explanation of the precepts. So, tell you that doctrine is weighty. Amen. To let you know that one service, <laughs> the, one service, you only drank one drop of water of the doctrine. Do you get me? So people say, oh, we'll just come one day. And you now will not know it until next year. Do you get me? We are not, you're not doing anything. It, you, are not, you are not even doing anything. Am I communicating? You've just tasted one droplet of water and then you've gone your way. They were stretching the definition of doctrine. That there is content. Doctrine is meaty. Amen. You can't teach doctrine in 45 minute message. Is milk that you can teach in 45-minute message. To really teach doctrine well, better be get, getting used to two-hour two hour messages. I know last, last week we did two hours. Solid. Amen. Get used to it. Do you know I'm, I'm preparing you because I know that in this, this spring, I'm sensing it in this spring, that heaven is opening over us. It means revelation is going to begin to flow like water. Amen. So as a people, don't strangle it by your look. 
<laughs> you know, when I look at your faces, they get to, you will choke the thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and everybody did the way, the way, the way you know this one. <laughs> Amen. I feel this spring, God is going to bring a lot of light to us. Things that you will know, but they will become clearer and more perfect. Understanding will flow like waters. I see it coming. I see the season coming upon us. Watch it, watch it, watch it. This spring, begin to see it. Easter time. May, you begin to see it. So let's prepare our hearts that doctrine is meaty. Yes. It's okay to a message for a message to go for two hours. And you should be satisfied. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But not today. <laughs> Everybody say not today. <laughs> uh, today I want to calm down because looking at I'll just pity you guys. You know, from last week Saturday, I think we finished at two o'clock last week. And then uh, Thursday was meeting as well. I say, okay, let's 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 enjoy presence and let's let's flesh out the sessions. Amen. Well, I know something is coming in the weeks ahead. Yeah. Heaven is opening something. Yeah. Waters are going to begin to flow. Yeah. So let us be ready. What are we ready? What are we preparing for? Doctrine. Meaty doctrine. For precept must be upon precepts, precept upon precepts, line upon line. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. Why does it have to be meaty? Why? Why? Why must it be meaty? Let's see why. Why? Why it must be that? It must be loaded. Let's see why. Let's see from verse 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule these people which, in, which is in Jerusalem, because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and what? And under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Now the solution to the lies as your refuge, and falsehoods hid, hiding yourself under falsehoods, the solution was now later in verse 18, 17 and 18, it says, Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. Now, hear me. Hear me well. If he took a hail, do you know what a hail is? Hail is like a thunderstorm, like a storm. If he took a hail, amen? If he took a hail, to deal with what? To deal with refuge of lies. Then what is that refuge of lies? It's also a kind of hail. <laughs> I don't know if I'm communicating. If it took, if it took, have you, have you seen a thunderstorm? Have you seen like a tsunami? If it took a hail, something mighty, so, so many waters, so much, so much power, so much waters, and the power behind it to sweep away the refuge of lies, it means that the refuge of lies are also many. Do you get me? Then if you took many waters to deal with, overflow the hiding place, it means the hiding place is also deep. If it was not deep, then it would not take waters. They just sent some water. Amen. It means they sent a flood to deal with a flood. Yes. And the psalmist said it, that for my mother's womb, I was conceived in sin. Now, thank God, I now got born again, and my spirit is recreated in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that I am seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's my spirit. That's all my spirit. But let's not lie to ourselves. My mind is still very much here on earth, and very much carnal. Thinking about the canal things and the fleshy things. 
So where is the refuge of lies? It's not in your spirit, man. Where is it? It's not even difficult. Why do you think so many evil thoughts many times? You did not, you did not call for them. It's not that you rank 911. <laughs> uh, 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 demon minister, <laughs> please, we need some new bad thoughts. No. You just wake up in the morning and they come by themselves. You are working on your own. Negative thoughts are coming. After the night, the night, you don't wake up one morning, you are depressed. I don't feel like going to church today. <laughs> what happened? It means that they are there somewhere in your subconscious. They are stored. There is a, they are a refuge of lies. They are a refuge of lies. It's there. Falsehood is there in your mind. And when Paul was writing concerning this in Romans chapter 8 verse 6, he says, For the carnal mind is enmity against God. And he was talking to believers. You can be a believer, but your mind is carnal. That's what we call carnal Christians. You can be a fleshy Christian, not a spiritual Christian. Yeah. And God will want to judge that. Because I, if, if I'm still an enemy of my, of my God somewhere, is that, should I not be a cause for alarm in my life? That I'm still an enemy of God in my mind. God help me. What is causing me to still have this enmity? Though I am born again, but the way I think, do you get me? So I resolve my life by myself. I never think about God. And sometimes, you know, some people can, you can go through all your life. You don't even think once about God. Should I ask Holy Ghost? Should I ask the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, can you lead me in this matter? We don't even consult. In fact, Holy Spirit, when you, when we, maybe when you hear it by, from the sermon, then you know, remember, ah, okay, it's true. I think we, we can ask, so we can ask Holy Ghost. For certain things in our life. Okay, well, let me go and pray that Sunday. After that, you, will not, you won't hear, Holy Ghost will not hear from you again. Until maybe another sermon will come again. It means it's not our nature to go to God, to ask for help, to ask for instruction, to ask for direction. It's not in our nature. By our nature, now that's, that nature there is the flesh. By our nature, we have learned how to be smart by ourselves. Calculate our life without the infusion, without the information, without the impute of God. And that is the carnal mind. Because there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But what's the end of it? Not the beginning of it all. That's why it seemeth right. In the beginning, you already calculated it with your mind. Hey, if I do A, B, C, the thing reads Z. Everything is, everything is calculated. But the, the end thereof is only God who is in the end thereof. But the end thereof is destruction. So, the Bible did not say that the carnal mind is dead. It, the way the Bible says it is, but to be carnally minded is it, like it leads to death, meaning the end of it is death. The result, if you, if you resolve, and you don't need to leave it out, God has already resolved all the processes of a carnal mind and seen the end of it that is going to end up in death. And that death is not physical death. In spiritual terminology, death is defined as separation from God. And why is that? If you see 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, what do they call him? That the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and in his Son Jesus Christ who is the only true God and eternal life. So God is life. As the Father had life in himself, so he has given unto the Son to have life in himself. God is life. If you Imagine, imagine if I am life. The moment you leave this building, what, has, what have you done? You are walking towards death. That is the definition of death. Anytime you are living out, resolving your life outside God's content, you are walking away towards death. That's the definition of death. But while you are doing the walking, you, are still, you still feel you are, you are alive. But God is telling you, I have resolved the end of that process of journey. It's going to end in death. Amen. Sometimes, you know, you know, when you see a tree, you know, John, Jesus was teaching in John chapter 15 about being, uh, that if, without me you can do nothing. That if any, any tree, any tree, any branch that beareth not fruit, he plucketh away. 
I thought about it. Have you ever plucked away a branch from a tree? Day one, it's still, the leaves still look green. Yeah, it's not immediately it withers and dies. It may still look green for one day, and that one day can be a man's life. Do you get me? So for 80 years, you can still be looking green. They said the glory of flesh is like the flower of the field that withers. So a man, and this is where men have been deceived. Because they are thinking, ah, I'm still okay. I'm doing fine. What do you mean? Leads to death. All this God English. Bible English. Leave me alone. People are talking to you. But you don't know. You don't get it. The fact that you are still able to eat food and still able to do everything, but you are doing everything outside God, and you feel you're okay, you're not okay. The eventuality is death. God has already resolved all the processes of man's thinking outside him, and all in the equation all leads to one place. You know, MC equals you know, whatever does the equation. <laughs> God resolved all the physics and all the mathematics of how man thinks, and he got to the same conclusion of every process of every avenue of every how a man can resolve his life by himself, and all of it leads to the same conclusion, death. Amen. Amen. So, I will say that, I will say that uh, for we are not of them that draw back onto partition. That drawing back is separation. Mm. This, the, you, once you are stepping out of the building, you are going to perdition. You haven't reached there yet, but you are joining there. God knows that if you keep joining that, that path you are going, it's going to end in that direction. So we must... Come closer to God. You must, the Bible says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Amen. Amen. I want to try and explain it. Uh, my brother, what's your name, sir? Rob. Rob, Rob, nice to meet you. Oh, uh, you are the youth pastor of this church, are you not? Oh, excellent. Excellent. I heard, I heard about you from uh, the pastor dog. <laughs> good things, good things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> only good things. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Imagine Rob. Um, I wanted to. I came into your house and I wanted to please your your dad. You get me. I don't know what your dad know, likes, right? So if I want to please him, I want to. I will have to gain the knowledge of what he likes, so that I can please him to get what I want from him. Amen? Yeah. And it's the same thing with our Father. Right. So that's why they connected pleasing God to knowing God. Yeah. Yeah. For example, if Rob's dad was an avent hockey fan, and me, I'm all basketball, I, don't, I hate hockey. And the first thing I enter, when I enter their house, is watching Oilers versus Canucks, and I'm just saying, this is a useless sport, this is terrible. What have I? <laughs> I'm afraid I already started on the wrong notes. And then Rob will try to nudge me. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Correct yourself. <laughs> Amen. Why? I did not have the inside information. I did not have the knowledge of how to please his dad. The same way with our father. Let's see John chapter 17, verse 3. Amen. I'll start from verse 2. In fact, I'll start from verse 1. John chapter 17. It reads, These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Then verse 3. He's now saying, this is how I give the eternal life. Amen. Is it, they are connected and. Is it verse 2? Then verse 3 says and, meaning they are, they are connected. To give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Verse 3 now says, and this is life eternal. So this is definition. We go to school. This is biology. This is this. This is this. Jesus himself is saying, God is saying, this is life eternal. That they might know thee. 
That was that they might know thee, the only true God whom we are saying. Now let me let me come back down a little bit. When you get born again, you have eternal life in your spirit. Amen. Everything that happened when you got born again is in your spirit. Majorly. Man is three. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit. You possess a soul and you live in a body. The body is useless, really. The body is the only thing they will change. They will give you a new body at resurrection. But they won't change the soul. So it means the soul needs work. And the soul is your control center. Without the soul, you will not be here today. If you decided that you are not going to come today, there is no amount of uh, pushing. <laughs> what if I call you six times? <laughs> what if I want to convince you to come? What am I trying to convince? Is your soul I'm trying to convince to come? So the soul is what makes decisions for your life. Your soul is your heart and your mind. Where your emotions are, your willpower is, all those things, and those things have not fully changed even with new beds. How do I know? It's very simple. Many times people still think the same thoughts they used to think even after they got born again. The same thoughts of envy, malice, all those things. They still have those challenges. Unforgiveness, they still have all those challenges after they get born again. I mean, I can testify. <laughs> if I was, I don't know. I think it was more difficult to even forgive when we got born again. I don't understand why. <laughs> We will try or you will confess it. You are ready. You will say it. And before you wake up in the morning on Sunday, I'm, I'm forgiving. I'm giving prayer. I'm forgiving them. But when you come on the Sunday, you see the brother, the thing is still there. <laughs> Even I used to have this conundrum like, but we are born again. Don't you know these things be, be gone? I'm a new Christian. I, until you begin to understand the lights, these lights. You need to understand the light that there is the milk of the world, there is the meat of the world. And meat belongs to them who have used milk, wind for milk. And meat is what will teach you the need of the doctrine that will help your soul. Oh my God, are you with me today? Can we open this Bible? Let's see Bible. Let's see Bible. I want us to see Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. Actually, let me start from verse 12 or verse 11. Because this church, the Hebrew church that Paul was writing to, he was teaching them meat, but the way they were behaving, he was like, maybe I should now go back and teach you milk, the way you guys are behaving. He says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, meaning you have to have the doctrine of Christ, amen, ye have need that one teach you again, which be what? The first. So there's the first principles. Are you hearing me? There's the first principles. Now, all these things I'm saying, milk, meat, strong meat, they are all principles. Let's say there are ten principles. The first three principles, God will classify them as first, elementary, milk. The next seven, God can call them meats. But they are all principles. So I'm not trying to say that they are different word. I'm just, they have to just demarcate it because of the nature of what you are receiving, the heaviness of what you are receiving. It's all the same word of God. Amen? It's all the same word of God, but in the dimension of the world, there's what they classify as the first principles, the beginning principles, the beginning principles of what? Of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Verse 13, this is the problem with just milk. This is the problem with just milk. For everyone that uses milk is what? Unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Now, the, the problem with milk is this. You'll be inaccurate. You will have a complete, accurate understanding of God's demands for man. You will have a complete, accurate understanding of God's calling for man. You will have a complete, accurate understanding. You will have some form of understanding, but it will be incomplete. It will be darkened understanding a little bit. It will be incomplete. 
And so, in milk, you'll be making conclusions that are not fully accurate. Am I communicating? One of those conclusions are not fully accurate, but there is somewhat accurate, is that um, I have eternal life. Yes, you have eternal life, but the full accuracy of it is that you have eternal life in your spirit. Because he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. The Holy Ghost came into your spirit and made it alive. And that Holy Ghost, they call him the eternal spirit. So by him being in dwelling in you, you have eternal life. Amen. But you have to, to live that life, you need the knowledge. So what, what, what I'm talking about now is the living of that life. And to live that life, you have to know the Father who has life in himself. Uh-huh. Know him. By knowing him, you will know how he uses it to live. How he uses the life to live. Is that not what Jesus did? What did Jesus say? Hear me. Jesus said, I only do what? Hey, what is that? He was learning how to live. Though he had, did he not have the Holy Ghost without measure? He already had eternal life inside him. But Jesus also did the same, the same process. And he did it for you and I. The Bible says that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, the Bible says there that he who says he abides in him ought also to walk as Jesus walked. Yes, so, ought also to walk. Walk means this is how I live my life. I will live my life the way Jesus lived his life. And the only way you can learn how to walk that walk is to learn that same thing. I'm telling you, the knowledge of the Father. Because how did Jesus learn how to walk? I only do what I see my Father doing. So Jesus was receiving revelation from his Father. Amen. I said Jesus was receiving what? Revelation from his Father, just like you are today. Receiving revelation. Jesus was receiving revelation from his Father. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And that revelation was instructions of how to live. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So are we seeing there that this is eternal life? That ye may know the one true God and him who he has sent. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So what we are going to be receiving in the weeks ahead is flood of revelation. Revelation that will overflow the scourge. Revelations that will deal with the covenant of hell and death. The darkness that has been established in us. Over the years growing up in this world. This world is a dangerous place. The system of this world. Just check out the way governments are misbehaving nowadays. This world is a dangerous place. They can culture the soul in the wrong way. Teach the soul the wrong things. Iniquity. The pride by which they exhibit some iniquities. Amen. Like men with men. It's wrong. Bible says it. And if a, if, he, if a man is not careful and exposes himself too much to this world, before you know it, you start seeing it as right. Ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not okay. The Bible says it's not okay. Romans chapter 1 is there. Praise the name of the Lord. I think I can close here. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We give you praise. We give you all the adoration. Uh, for in Jesus' name. Femi, just come and say a closing prayer for us as we end the service. Thank you. Praise God. I thought we said today will be meaty. Praise God. Uh, just want to encourage everybody that um, coming to life meeting and listening alone, don't let it end here. Make sure you give yourself to listening consistently. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I don't think a day should pass and you don't listen to a message or you don't read your Bible. Do you get what I'm saying? A day should not pass. Like I make it like um, 
a commitment that at least I should listen to a message a day. It's just a commitment. At least a message a day, apart from reading my Bible. Praise God. You know why? Because I cannot just permit other things to have chance inside me, outside the Word of God. They should not be permitted. Praise God. Praise of the Lord. Father Lord, we thank you. We give praise to your holy name. We say thank you. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you because you will expose all the idols in us so that you can give us the grace to deal with them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of Glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for the message. Thank you for the minister you have used. Father, you will grace him more in Jesus' name. He will not fall. He will not falter. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Shine for you. You dwell between.